0: That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere.
1: Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. Porter! Porter! They are clicking on kind of a different
0: level that we didn't, um, that we didn't see this year. Personnel
1: issue. I think.
0: I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I. I think. And it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think
1: this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff. on You his can't. Part. You can't. It, you cannot whiff with this much talent.
0: And I love Texas Tech. This is home, and I get to stay home.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson for this Saturday edition of the podcast-ish. It's Super Bowl weekend, yet mm-hmm. I've written 2,500 words on women's basketball, so that's just that's oh. who we are.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're preoccupied with the biggest game of the year, man. Just well, I'm very happy you could take some time to record with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I got to give back. I got to give back. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> LLZ, LLZ, I don't know LSU versus
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, this is we were just talking about this before we started recording. Like, it's weird seeing a big monumental game like this in women's basketball that doesn't involve UConn. Because um, we were trying to, we were just looking, thinking back on like a lot of the big games for women's basketball over the years.
1: And it's always like, yeah, UConn's
0: involved somehow. And now two unbeaten teams and and neither of them are
1: UConn. (laughs) Yeah. And it's weird because you look at the big 10 and how many like ranked teams are in the big 10. It's like, you know, when I think of women's basketball, it's UConn. It was obviously Bailey with Mulkey, but South Carolina, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. uh, those teams. And now it's like the big 10 is like infiltrating in, but they still can't get to that. Like they're still not on that caliber of like, drawing attention the way that mulkey is and staley and you know even uconn tennessee and so on and so forth so Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be an interesting game uh for sure i'm I'm looking forward to on on sunday i wish it was at home but it's in south carolina so that's all right yeah makes up for it yep (laughs) but plenty of uh texas basketball stuff to cover here um we gotta start with the headliner utr man Fires Greg Young parts ways, if you want to be technical. Parts ways with Greg Young, um, announces a coaching change. Uh, obviously, there's still a month left in the season, but UTA has moved on. Um, I sent you the, the stats from uh, my guy, Zach Babb, at North Texas. Um, yeah, man, Scott, like going from Scott Cross, obviously. To greg young has just been uh, in chris there. chris
0: ogden couple of, a couple of couple years of chris
1: ogden in there too. you're right yeah chris ogden to greg young uh it just has not been good what are you what are your thoughts yeah
0: i mean i guess the shocking part for me is that they fired him after a win like and there's my cat coming up here um they fired him after a win though like they we're beat, talking about them, they beat, U- they beat Sam Houston. Oh, your cat is up there. Look at that. I know my cat. My cat's like right there. Um. Anyway, he finds he find my drink. I think. Anyway, um. He's all right. I'm gonna have to pull him off. Anyway, um. He like he, the, the he audio they beat UTRGV. Like, is going yeah. Front row. Sorry. Go I know. On. Right. The audio listeners are like, what is happening right now? Um. They beat UTRGV, and. They had like a nice celebration with him. I think they posted on his social, on their social account, like, you know, in the locker room and all that. And then he's fired. <laughs> it was like, wait, hold on, what? Um, I can't say I'm shocked, though. I mean, you know, we've talked about this team struggling for the past, I mean, past, basically since this podcast started. Um, you know, they're 9 and 16 this year. They're not on a good trajectory. They were 8, uh, 11 and 18 last year. And they're honestly, legitimately one of the worst teams in the country. Um, in offense, they're 354th in effective field goal percentage, 300th in adjusted efficiency per Ken Palm, um, 351st in two-point percentage in the country, and 357th in non non-steel, uh, non-steel turnovers on offense. This team just looks like a shell of its former self, right? Me and you associate UTA with being one of the best mid majors in the country, um, if we're being honest, just going back to the Scott Cross years, and they haven't been that. And I, and I, I know, like the administration that fired Scott Cross is no longer there, right? And so it's it's like it, it's 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 hard to like still blame them for that, but like it still it starts with that, right? Like it starts mm-hmm. with firing your best coach in your program's history an alum, a native Texan, because he didn't win 20 games enough or he didn't get to the tournament or whatever the, the reasoning was. And going with Chris Ogden, and even though Chris Ogden kept them okay, they still was a shadow of what Scott Cross did. He obviously leaves you guys to go to Texas uh, for a non-head coaching role, and then you're forced to, to, to promote Greg Young, which I think at the time, was a decent move, right? He was a he was an assistant under both uh, Scott Cross and Chris Ogden. Okay, cool. Let's get some stability in there. It's a guy who's he's, he's an older coach, so he's not exactly going to look for you know uh, another job right away. So it's like, okay, if they uh, if it works out, cool, right? If it works out, you got your head coach. He's gonna, probably going to be his first and only job. There you go. Um, and it just it just didn't work out. I think I think there's something to be said about. Just the offensive, the offensive ideas just weren't there. Um, we, we the talent acquisition, I think, was lacking a lot because um, yeah. we talked about uh, who's the player for TCU that they lost. I forgot. Uh, oh, Shahada, yeah, Shahada oh, Wells. Yeah, Wells. Yeah,
1: from UTA. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Shahada. Yeah, Shahada Wells goes to to TCU, and they never like replace him. Basically, their best player, Kendall Weaver, was a good find, but he was in your backyard at Mansfield Timberview. Um, and he's been really a revelation this year, but trajectory wise, I could see them saying, what are we doing here? You know, like what, what's kind of, what's the idea of the long-term future under Greg Young? Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I guess I get under, I understand like going in a new direction. I just, it's just a little weird that they're in the midst of like
1: one of their better runs this year. <laughs> it feels like this decision was made, uh, a while ago. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things that they started winning too much to where they don't want them <laughs> to continue to win and then they can't fire him. That's what it feels right. like to me. And I don't know if that's fair or not. We don't I don't know what happened behind the scenes maybe, but yeah, um they beat Sam Houston State last week. They beat RGV. Um, they only lose to Charlton by five, like, you know, some decent results here. They're up to four and eight in conference, nine and sixteen overall, mm-hmm. which is not good. It's not good. I'm not saying it is good, but their next game is against Sam Houston state and then SFA. And let's just say if they beat Sam again, or if they beat SFA at that point, like, and they end the season, like somewhat strong and they somehow go like, I don't know, eight and 10 or seven and 11, like, which is not good, but it's not terrible to the point where you're like, Oh, this guy has to go right now. I don't know. Maybe they just, you don't want to risk that. But um, yeah, the timing of it is a little awkward. But I think you summed everything up well. Um, It was just, just again, UTA has such a nice gym. It has such a, I mean, it has a recent history with Scott Cross to where we expect them to be good and for them not to be competitive in the WAC, which is a very solid basketball conference. um, Mm -hmm. Facilities are
0: there, locations there, right? They're they're in Arlington, right? Yeah, basketball haven.
1: (laughs) Conference facilities, I mean, you check a lot of boxes. I think it makes a lot of sense why you have to do better than you know, sub 500 in conference at this point. The expectations are much higher than that, and they just haven't yeah, been I, competitive.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Zach Babs tweet, you know, uh, in his five years, top cross won 108 103 games while also posting three consecutive 20 plus win seasons. Um, of course, there were those disappointments in the tournament, which I think was the ultimate downfall, unfortunately, for him, mm-hmm. where he didn't, you know, win the tournament, the conference tournament, and we never got to see those teams in the NCAA tournament. But, um, in firing, and he is my cat is all over the place right now. Um, uh, in five years since firing Scott Cross, they've won just 64, right? Yeah. Barely winning more than half the games that he, uh, was a He they've uh, then Scott Cross did in, his, in the same span. Um, and yeah, and now he's at Troy, who Troy, Troy's not a world beater, but he had them 20 wins last year. He's probably going to get them to about 500-ish this year, which again, Troy's not a, a world beater, but by that standard, I think he's done a pretty good job. And now, I I, I don't know what they do, right? Like, there's no, I mean, granted, there's there, there's going to be good candidates available, right? You can go to any, I think you can go to any bench in the state and find a good, capable, deserving option. Yeah. Um but I you know, there isn't like the obvious guy, right? Um, so that that's where kind of we can you know' we'll, I'll be paying attention is how creative I know the a d um was just hired last year, so like maybe he was looking at he he came in the middle of that season, so he didn't want to you know make a decision on Greg young and then. He gave him this year, okay, cool, it's not happening. boom, let me bring my guy in. We'll see. I don't know um but i am curious to see what direction they go in because yeah this is this is a program that should be should be good i will say um the ad comes from arkansas so i don't know if he looks to musselman's bench right to see if there's somebody on yeah. the arkansas staff that maybe he uh arkansas is not that far from texas it might as well be a you know similar to oklahoma might as well be texas as far as recruiting is going
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so do you i don't know do you look at Arkansas and say, let me see who I can bring over potentially to help out. Um to help out here. Uh I would personally look to uh uh, Baylor's bench, potentially, right? Um I believe John Jacobs and Alvin Brooks Jr. are potentially there. Um so and again, that's just me, but um I I there's no shortage of guys that they should be looking at, in my opinion, because this is a good job, right? This is like I think outside of UNT. This is the other G5 job, uh, in honestly in the state. I'd be honest, like, as far as like facilities are concerned, I'd probably go UNT, UTA, Texas State, as far as like facilities and opportunity. Um, the DFW schools I think have to be one and two, and yeah. I mean, depending on what you think of SMU, right? I don't
1: know if SMU. That's tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they might be power five soon with the Pac 12 stuff going on. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. I, I think mid major wise, I think it's UNT and UTA um, and then the rest. So uh, I think you should be one of, you know, uh, looking at this as a, a good opportunity.
1: Rodney Terry, come on down.
0: <laughs> Man, listen, if Texas moves on from him, look, there, there are worse spots for him than, uh, than getting some
1: work done. Hey, I makes, makes sense on paper to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm still scarred from how bad his teams were at UTEP, but hey, they oh, got – Oh, sure. Brandon I mean, I, there, think, that's,
0: well, that's, well, I think that's literally the reason why we haven't just – yeah, just hire him in Texas.
1: It's because we're like, oh. Uh, Did like, he just about, change that much play. in a year? <laughs> quick, quick, yeah. quickly, quickly rant. Quick yeah, rant. yeah, yeah. Um, that twenty, I think it was the twenty twenty UTEP team. Let mm-hmm. me find it. Let me make sure. Yeah, right. say, let me
0: look that up. Exactly the Twenty twenty
1: had, um, or was it twenty one? Let me let me make sure I have the year right. I don't want to get the year wrong. Sule Boom, okay, star at Xavier right now. Bryson Williams, star at Texas Tech, uh, for a year. Um even. Okay, let's just keep going. Jamal Enemy. Uh, Oklahoma mm-hmm. starter, transferred to UTEP. Keontae Kennedy, who is um mm-hmm. looking pretty good as a transfer. Titus Verhoeven, starter at Northwestern right now, who's going to be a tournament team. That's five. FAODG, who is a starter at SMU. That's six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They and, and they weren't terrible. They went eight and eight in conference, though. Yeah. Eight and eight in conference, 12 and 11 overall. It was a COVID-shortened season, but. Wow. Yeah, Bryson uh, Bryson Williams averaged
0: fifteen and seven, and he was an All Conference player last year in the Big Twelve. Yeah,
1: that that was his team in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and they went in 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 the Conference USA. So, Uh,
0: another one, Christian Agnew, who's a starter at Southeastern Louisiana, averaging eight points right now. And then I'm trying to think—is there one more? Christian Shuland is averaging twelve points right now in Portland, the West Coast Conference. So
1: yeah hey he could get talent over there so he could he could get talent back in uta i mean i look
0: i'm not against it if he doesn't get the texas job i would definitely make a call to rodney terry um at least have him say no right at least have like at least hear a no from him um, before you make any other calls so
1: hmm. i've just i've thought about that team a lot recently don't ask me why i've thought about the 2021 utep team a lot but I just, I just have okay. That was a crazy team. It's because I watched Sule Boom at Xavier be like their best player, second best player. He's right. I'm like, what is what is going on? This is breaking my brain. Okay, uh, Texas A&M continues to win. They're nine and two in conference now. They beat uh, Auburn at home. They beat Georgia at home. Um, nine and two in conference. 17-7 overall. I think I haven't looked at the latest bracketology. I think they're off the bubble now. Or, or, I think so. Let me, let's let's take a but little. They're still not take, you know, little. safe to the point, but they do sure. play LSU tonight. We're recording this on Saturday. Record they play LSU tonight. That will be a win. Um, if that's a loss, yes, they a, are. They too. are
0: the last team in in Lenardi's last uh, latest bubble. Um,
1: or sorry, latest. Um, so uh, they are on the bubble. Uh, so they are actually, on the yeah. They,
0: by definition, yes, they are still on the bubble. Jesus. So, okay,
1: well, beat LSU tonight. Then they have yeah. Arkansas at home and they lost Arkansas on the road but you probably got to be Arkansas at home Missouri on the road like I'm looking at the rest of the schedule like how many more games do they have to win for us to feel confident of them being in the tournament LSU Arkansas right. Missouri Tennessee Mississippi State Mississippi and Alabama like I don't think they're beating Alabama they could possibly beat Tennessee even though I think and I mean that game's at home so they they could beat Tennessee right. but like if you're not beating Alabama and also Alabama's at home jeez I mean, the and then also like you got to
0: take into account the the conference tournament because if they go one and done in the conference tournament they're probably not getting in
1: right like, like if, if they lose to like it's... auburn or or like florida or something like that in the in their first game right. of the conference tournament
0: yeah like let me see let me see real quick so 7 games left.
1: 7 yeah. games before the conference tournament um if they go 5 and 2 and then if they go five and two in this stretch, like let's say they lose to Bama, Tennessee, but they beat everybody else, mm-hmm. I think they'd be in. But I would still have hesitation if they lost their first game in the conference tournament. Yeah, man, that
0: Golly, would be it's so unfair. If they went fourteen it's and like four so and on the bubble,
1: <laughs> fourteen and four and on the bubble would be nuts. I, I think the most likely, Ken has them at twelve and six. I think that's a little low. That has them going three and four in the last seven. Um, right. I you know. I think so. Oh, they go. Big yeah. Big so big.
0: let's see. The... Right now they're clinging to the number two right now. They have a I think they have a half game up on Tennessee. Um, let me see. So that put them in as far as the SEC goes, that gets them to a quarter, I think. It gets yeah, to a quarter first final. Four have by. Um and so they'd get
2: the winner uh, of a
0: seven ten. To- More or less, which right now one, two. Probably like Missouri or something. So it's Arkansas over eight, nine. Arkansas, Mississippi State would be the 7-10 right now. Okay. And but still, like what I'm what I'm trying to get at is if they lose that game right away, right? If they're one and done in the quarters, I don't think they're making, at least with this resume, right now, what they're saying right now is what is that they're not making it. Um which is nuts because I just literally said they're number two in the in the conference right now. Yes. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's that – again, it's that non-conference schedule. It was bad. It was really bad. They lost all of their games that were going to be – that would have been good enough, right? I think they lost their – didn't we talk about that? They lost all their Q1 games non-conference, yeah. I think?
1: Yeah. yeah. They're currently like, two and four. They're two and four in quad one games. Right. Um, our, beating Arkansas them, at home – I assume would be a quad one Um, Missouri on the road might be a quad one Tennessee and Alabama at home would be quad one and then Mississippi State on the road might be so there's a lot five of the last seven are quad one games here so
0: okay so they could make it up they could make it up
1: this this is and this is their toughest stretch of the season I think like we've talked about how easy their schedule is like there have been stretches where it's like Florida, then LSU, then Missouri, then South Carolina, then Florida, and then you lose to Kentucky. But then you have Auburn, then you have Vanderbilt, Arkansas, then mm-hmm. Georgia. You know, there just hasn't been a stretch where you're like, okay, this is a really tough one. This could be it coming up where you have Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, Mississippi State. Yeah, Like that four games straight where you're going to be tested. Um, And the, the harder or the easier of those two is Missouri and Mississippi State are on the road. So, you know, that makes it more challenging and then you have Alabama at the end like this is the toughest stretch for A&M here and this is Mm -hmm. what's going to decide their season
0: sure yeah no 100% I think uh it would be a shame if this team missed out because this is looking like a much better team than we thought and the team that we kind of expected to see
1: after last year so
0: I'd really hate to see this team have to go through another NIT or something like that you know
1: yeah (laughs) back-to-back NIT runs (laughs) <laughs> would somehow piss off everybody in college stage <laughs> i was
0: about to say yeah they go 20 and 11 or something like they didn't you know ken palm hasn't gone 2011 so they
1: do that and they just go back to <laughs> back to the nit, back to the nit. um north texas bounced back and beat or I didn't bounce back they continue their winning streak but they beat uab in double overtime at home
0: mm-hmm.
1: you thought about going to this game you should have gone Ish.
0: I should. I definitely should have gone. This was. Uh. This oh, turned out days. to be a pretty damn good game. And yeah, I'm really upset I missed it now.
1: <laughs> Double overtime. Uh. Just two heavyweights. UAB is a real problem here. Um. Even though it, we we anticipated UAB being the best team in the conference, they haven't mm-hmm. haven't lived up to that. Jelly Walker's been hurt for a bit. Um. But still, man, this team at full strength is a real real tough out north texas did what oh, they yeah. do just you know kind of grinded them down to the end and then end up holding i them. will
0: say this one this one i know it took it took two overtimes for sure them to get to 79 but it wasn't like UT, unt played their best defensive game right like at uab shot really well from the floor um and so i wonder like if i'm unt i look at this game i like oh we kind of we were able to kind of keep pace with the team that without grinding it down to like a halt, right? Typically yeah. like UNT has to keep them. What, what was the stat we said? It was like below 65 or below 60 yeah. and they win the game basically. Like that. Um, again, I know it took two extra periods, but shooting wise, they were shooting pretty okay from the floor uh, UAB was. So it was kind of like a game where the offense eventually
1: kind of won out uh, for, for UNT. The big thing was they didn't, North Texas didn't foul. Which mm-hmm. um, has been one of their problems all year was that North Texas puts people on the free throw line a good amount. They get to the free throw mm-hmm. line a ton, or, or they get to the free throw line a modest amount, but they put mm-hmm. which was one of the problems. But in yeah. um, this game, they get to the line 25 times. Uh, there was a stretch where they went on like an 8 0 run for like five minutes and nobody scored a field goal. North Texas only made mm-hmm. the free throws. We're <laughs> like, all Man. right. This is this is another Texas game we're watching here. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way,
0: quick shout out to Kai Huntsbury, who's been on his best stretch of the year right now. Fifteen I points. Talk. So, so I'm gonna rattle off his uh, past five games: fifteen points against UAB, twenty-one points, twelve points, eight points, nineteen points, uh, and then even in a loss to Rice, he was one of their uh, leading scores at ten. So, he's he's really. Again, we had some questions about this backcourt, right? We had some questions about what this team was outside of uh, Tyler Perry and they're figuring it out with him.
1: Yeah. And the whole thing was for him was like early the first half of the season and then not, he was shooting like sub 40% from two uh, for a while. He's finally gotten to the point where he's more confident, driving to the basket stronger. Uh, His three point shots come around a good amount, even though um, Mm -hmm. he didn't hit one. He didn't attempt one in this game, but his three point shots come around a bit. So they've been constantly looking for that, you know, the Robin to Tyler Perry's Batman. And yep. Kai Hunsbury has become that um, as the season's gone on. Abu's man has also been uh, much better uh, over the past couple since that, of games.
0: Since that game winner against La Tech, he's only had single digits once, Kai Huntsbury, Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much that boosted his confidence a bit because he was, you know, he kind of struggled in that game a little bit until that shot. Um, and since then he's been on a tear. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so North Texas um, pulls away a good amount from the pack here. Uh, FAU is first at 13 and one. North Texas is second at 11 and three. FAU has the tiebreaker there, for those who don't know. So um, North Texas would have to, you know, surpass them by three games over the last, you know, six, which is not likely to happen. Uh, but still, UAB is third at eight and six. Middle Tennessee, third, uh, tied at, for third at eight and six. Uh, like we said, Rice would lose to FAU, drop down to six and seven, and then UTEP and UTSA um, down there as well. We'll get to them in a second. Have a fun segment coming up. Um, quick shout out to Lamar. I'm gonna give Lamar a shout out.
2: Mm, yes, yes, do it.
1: I, I I scroll through the scores to make sure I don't miss anything, and mm-hmm. there have been several times where I have missed Lamar winning games. And I want to take—I don't want to take this for granted because last year, for those who don't remember, they went two and twenty-seven and zero sixteen. They didn't win a division one yeah. game last year. This year, they—they um, they won one non-conference game against a division one team. They—they they won three against NAI or division two, whatever they are, which is still mm-hmm. you know a win's a, a wins a win. We we count those in the record book. We, um, we do count those. <laughs> we do count those. They are four and eight in conference now. That is a significant step forward. Um, they beat incarnate word on Thursday, they've beaten McNeese, they've beaten Anum Corpus Christi earlier in the year, they beaten Nichols, they've beaten everybody. It's not like just they're beating up on incarnate word or Houston Christian here. They've beaten them, they haven't even played Houston Christian yet. So that could be two more wins we're looking at. Houston (laughs) Christian better look out, okay? Lamar is coming for them. Uh, they I will say one. They got New Orleans. Yeah. They haven't even played New Orleans. Oh, they have. They've lost to New Orleans once, but they play them again. So they could beat New Orleans. This could be like they could go eight and eight, maybe. I want so. So I, I'm going to put right
0: now a little pin in Lamar okay. and I'm going to have them as our UTSA women's basketball of next year. Okay. Like because that. Because here's the thing this team is young as hell, <laughs> right? They have three juniors. And that is it. That's as far as upperclassmen goes. Yep. Everybody yep. else. Freshmen, freshman. Freshmen, ever, let me see. One, two, three, f- red shirt freshmen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven true freshmen. Yep. Two sophomores who are transfers, two soft true sophomores, and Brock McClure and Valentine Catt. This team is young and they're figuring it, they're figuring it out, right? We talked about, I think I mentioned last year where it was just like Alvin Brooks just like threw a bunch of dudes on the court and then just like cut them all basically yeah, like in this exactly. off season, like he basically remade the entire team. Um, and it's, it's, it's working. Like they're not fantastic to watch. Right. Again, they're mostly freshmen. And so they're going to be kind of ugly. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the country, but yeah. they're figuring things out. Um, Similar. I will say this, what we talked about with UTSA last year and the women's team was they're not very structured. They play okay defense, which again, Lamar doesn't, but the one thing that they were able to teach and kind of preach was just buy-in and hustle, yeah. right? You, Lamar, 43rd in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. Uh 10 per they play good, they play this is where I think the defense could improve. Here's the thing: they don't foul at all on defense. Yeah. I'm saying they gotta start fouling some people because <laughs> they are because they are
1: it here. Yeah, for...
0: they are 10th in defensive free throw percentage. Start fouling right now. <laughs> no one can make foul. a free throw
1: against them. Just hack.
0: Just foul. You, you, <laughs> you just... guys can no one seems to be able to shoot free throws against you guys. So I'm just saying, I need y'all to hack and just just do whatever y'all can. Because if y'all can, let's see, Ken Palm hasn't finishing 10 and 21, which compared to last year would be Huge. incredible. Huge. Incredible. So they'd be be five, uh, sorry, uh, uh, six and 12 in the conference, which again, compared to last year, incredible. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say right now in this off season, I think Alvin Brooks is going to bring in some guy, uh, maybe one or two guys. I think he's going to roll with most of this team again uh, next year, but I wouldn't be shocked if he brings in one or two guys to maybe shore up some things. A name I do love on this team that I saw in high school, Chris Pryor from DeSoto. He's running point for them. Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic for them. He's averaging ten points, three assists, almost three and uh, just over three and a half assists per game. And I remember seeing him at Desoto. He's been great. Uh, he's one of their only under uh, upperclassmen, I should say. And yeah, uh, one of their big revelations has been Nate Calmes. I think he dropped twenty-seven in their last game. Um, he's out of Arizona, or yeah, Arizona, true freshman, and he's been their leading scorer at almost seventeen points a game. So it's 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 been a slow build um i don't think i expected even this kind of a jump this year i thought it'd be more like five ish wins um as opposed to potentially doubling that so we'll see we'll see uh alvin brooks though good 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 uh good uh job going on there in beaumont because that's not an easy place to win
1: yep we both had them at two conference wins come into the year so there you go yeah there you go there you go yep come on come on the podcast alvin we'll get him over the off season. Listen, listen.
0: I was about to say, yeah, that's that's definitely a target for the offseason
1: So, Alvin Brooks, Karen Aston, Um those are the the headliners every every off season. Yes. <laughs> you know, oh Scott Drew too, of course. Can't forget Scott. Scott's oh, the, course, you know, of course, Scott. of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Scott Drew has been the 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 long time one here. all um, right All right. A uh, quick game. A, a sad game nonetheless but i want to give these guys uh we I want to talk about these teams one more time before we get into mm-hmm. important time of the year uh mm-hmm. ranking the most disappointing teams here in Texas Ooh, you can let me know if okay. i've missed somebody but i have okay. UTEP i have Texas Tech i have SMU and i have Abilene Christian we've talked about the men's side being a being a very good year you know for mm-hmm. for men's basketball for the most part across the board Um, You know, I don't throw Rice in here. I think Rice has had a a pretty decent year. Um, Mm -hmm. I won't throw UTSA in here because they have completely lived up to our expectations of how bad they (laughs) were. UTEP, Texas Tech, SMU, and Abilene Christian. Those those are the four. Um, UTEP dropped down to, I believe, 4-9 in conference play now. Um, Texas Tech, we've talked about them. Only one conference win um, to this point um SMU I know SMU picked up a win let me get here uh SMU damn they're down to 191 in camp I might just scroll all the way down for that um I know SMU picked up a win over Temple on Wednesday so they are now four and eight in conference um with a not so impressive non-conference slate um resume and then Abilene Christian um is let me pull up Abilene 169 in Kim Palm, 13-11 overall, and five and six in conference. If you had to rank those four in terms of most disappointing, mm-hmm. most disappointing. How are you how are you going?
0: I think the obvious one would be to put tech one. Um, because the record obviously is bad, right? Yeah. I don't know if I expected them to be that good this year though.
1: With when right. Farz was out. I'm trying to think of where we thought they'd be because we're with Fardoz, they were a top 25 team in in the, most of the polls and rankings and stuff like that.
0: Sure. 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 And I think with him out and not being able to replace what they lost on the wing. Granted. Yes. I didn't expect this. Right. I think this has been way worse than, than I imagined, but all the numbers are like still suggesting that this is like a average team right they're not yeah. they're not i think the the numbers suggest that they're not a what are they at the conference right now uh,
1: uh, one, in one, one in in
0: ten. yeah something like that the numbers suggest they're not that right the numbers suggest that they're more probably closer to 500 in conference um maybe just below 500 so but still yes obviously i'm gonna put them kind of number one just by saying yeah nobody expected them to be this bad yes i'm gonna put utep as a close number two okay utep Looks bad, man. <laughs> like yep. offensively, I tried watching their game against Charlotte. This game, this team is just so unwatchable on offense, man. Like, there's no, and I guess I, sh- I guess we probably should have seen this coming, and I, I don't think we did. Um, yeah, you lose basically all the offensive firepower you have, <laughs> and I guess we just kind of thought that like Joe Golding toughness and Joe Golding grit would kind of make it work and they'll figure some things out and they'll be good on defense and they'll just kind of make it work on offense. Kind of like those ACU teams used to do. And no, <laughs> they're like bottom in every metric in the conference USA. Yeah. Uh Offensively. And they just, I'm, I'm just saying they stink on offense, man. This is just not a good team. And they're not good enough on defense yet to be able to make up for that.
1: The crazy thing is like, yeah, they're 57th in defense in the country. Which, right, like,
0: which, like, to, that's good, but, like, you kind of need to be, like, top 30 to make up for how bad this
1: offense is. 322nd in offense is a dis- disgusting <laughs> number to look at. And this is – this is the thing is, like, we talked to Joe Golding, also a friend yeah. of the podcast. We talked to Joe yeah, Golding, and he's, like, you know, he was excited to get the athletes of UTEP, you know, the, the, the step up in athleticism. And that is great, but – He's literally like this. Looks like an Abilene Christian team. Like, sure, you have a couple guys that have five more inches on their vertical, but what does that matter? You can't score the damn ball. Like at Abilene Christian, I couldn't understand why you would be top sixty in defense and bottom sixty in offense. Like that would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. UTEP, you talked about how excited you were to get some players like Jamal Beanie, like Sule Boom, like Bryce, like a, you know, a guy of the caliber you could get a Bryson Williams like. He is almost right. the opposite of Rodney Terry to a Rodney Terry could get the talent and, but couldn't, you know, coach them up to the level to where they could live up to expectations. Joe Golding, I need to start see the talent acquisition aspect of this. And,
0: like, and now you, you texted me uh, yesterday that Mario McKinney is now probably off the team. And there yeah. goes your,
1: there goes your third leading score,
0: right? Mario McKinney Coast was like,
1: so, I'm just like, this is just as this has not been a good season at all. And we've kind of brushed it yeah. under the rug because we, we love Joe Golding and what he did at Avalon Christian. But, like, sure, weren't the second worst team in Conference USA. This team is, I we weren't expecting that. We were not expecting that. Yeah. We, we thought they'd be about I mean, 500,
0: yeah. And I think, like, we expected, I think the, the guys they brought in, right, Tay Hardy, Samar Givens we expected them to be better fits for him than, than, those, than the other guys that they lost, uh, you know, the and then Sule Boo. And like, sure, they've come in and they've been the leading scorers, right? Tay Hardy, I think has been scoring a lot more than I think I expected from him. Um, he's probably going to be their best player heading into next year, but it's like, okay, like, what does that say that, you know, no offense to Tay Hardy. I think he's a really good defensive player and, and provides a lot, but if he's your best player going into next season,
1: yeah,
0: like, again, like you said, that's ACU. ACU all over again, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, I
1: well, it's even frustrating. with those players, yeah. even with yeah. those like players, they he hasn't proven at all in Avalon Christian or UTEP, in my opinion, that he can get the most offensively out of players,
0: sure, sure, 100%. Yeah, no, I, think, so I think that's completely fair.
1: It's, it's gonna be really interesting to see next year, not only who he's able to bring in, but how he's able to get them going on offense because you cannot finish like this low offensively again. You just can't I know Conference Tuesday is going to be different. You know, you'll have yeah. the new it was it New Mexico State and you know whoever else in there. Uh so Sam Houston is in the the, the Conference USA now, right? I I have to go yeah. look at it. But regardless, yeah. like this isn't even going to get it done against them, against the, the new right. Conference USA. So uh yeah, the, I am concerned about UTEP uh this year obviously and then Joe Golden you gotta you gotta start proving some things offensively.
0: Yeah, they they started off again. The non-conference schedule wasn't great, but they start they beat everybody. Basically, they they played right. They lost only three games and four games in non-conference. Uh, three, if you not don't include Texas. Um, but New Mexico State looks like garbage right now, and they're just suspended their whole team. Basically. They don't even have a team anymore. So, yeah, so so they they lost by fifteen to them, and DePaul by twenty-one. Which okay, DePaul's I don't know DePaul's not great either um and so now it's like okay no those losses probably should have raised a little bit more alarm bells than i think they did for us yeah because now they've won three games since the middle of december and it's it's bad they're on a five game losing streak with i mean do you feel great about them playing utsa right now <laughs> utsa coming up um granted utsa just has been getting pummeled by everybody but I don't necessarily believe in UTEP being able to mm, bounce back from that. And then right after that, you go into UAB, UAB and UNT back-to-back. Yeah. It's, it's scary, man. It is scary hours. Then you got FIU, a quick break. Hopefully you can win that. But then FAU right after that. <laughs> it's yeah. going gonna, gonna to be looking bad. Um, I think it's going to be another season of tearing down a roster. And, again, how many times can you do that? Before people start being like, hey, why are you – why can't you get any of these guys to work out?
1: <laughs> or why aren't you – yeah, why – again, you could have a big conversation. about Why didn't you keep Sule Boom? Or why couldn't you keep Keontae Kennedy? Like all sure. like those type of guys. Um, because to us, it felt a lot like him – like he was fine with a guy like Sule Boom leaving. Like he was fine with – Right, right, like, right. You know, the right. complete overhaul of the roster really throughout this offseason. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he had to get it done. Like I'm not saying he had to get yeah. eleven and nine in conference, but they're about to go like sure. six and fourteen. Whew. Yep. All right. Yeah. Right okay.
0: now, I mean Xavier Xavier is sitting at number two in the Big East right now to Marquette. Oh yeah. Uh, probably a top. They're playing like a top twenty five team, and Sule Boom's averaging sixteen points a game. So like he's doing what you did, what he did for you for them, and they're winning.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah, UTEP is probably the number two. I have a clear number three here. And maybe it's bias. Okay, still for it. But number three is SMU. I think SMU has just been far worse than what we thought. Yeah. They Let's see. Hold on. Let me. Let me. I have the predictions up.
2: Okay.
0: Where do we, I mean? They're, they're one. Clean. They're only one spot behind
1: Utah and Ken Palm. So, like, was so the numbers wrong. suggest that. I was so wrong. I, I had. Know. SMU. I bought, I bought all the SMU stock, and I have gone broke. I went. I said they were going to go eleven and seven in conference. You had eight and ten. You are much smarter. You
0: but
1: you put it in Bitcoin. I yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> you bought them like Bitcoin. <laughs> just the, 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 the the there's too much talent on this team. Like yeah. if you rank the the American based off talent, yeah, they are they are not in the bottom half in my opinion. No, like I, they're not deep by any means. We well, because the
0: Americans about- not great either, right? Depth wise, like, like at the top, the Americans solid, but like depth wise, this is a conference they should be able to punch into.
1: You should be able to – you should be able – this team, they're, again, they're not deep. I'm not saying they're deep. Right. Zurgs, right. F.A.O.D.G., Zach Nuttall, Samuel Williamson, Stefan Todorovic. Like, that's five guys right there that can play. Like, that's legitimate guys that can play basketball. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't be losing to East Carolina. You shouldn't be losing right. to Wichita State even, in my opinion, who still is an average team. Like, you should be right there with, like, a Tulane, uh, with a uh, Cincinnati, who I don't think is is mm-hmm. not great this year. So those type of teams they're not even like they're significantly behind. They're 4 and 8 in conference at this point. Um you shouldn't be in the bottom 4 in, right. this, in my opinion. Like I just don't think that that's where they should be. Like I I'm going to – this is first year coach Rob Lanier, you know, I'll give them first year coaches get benefits of the doubts on this podcast from me. Mm-hmm. But still I just think like 4 and 8 I feel like they should at least be 5 and 7 six and six maybe yeah uh, they, no, it, they never punched up they ha- like what's the biggest win of the season they beat utah state that's the one yeah that's, that's kind it. of it um it they
0: played tcu tough kind of is the, the only, only one other
1: one i can think of like
0: <laughs> and that's when tcu didn't um, basketball, so right yes <laughs> they're, they're like something stum- they were losing the uh, almost losing the HBCUs. um so yeah i mean like roblin yeah i i i i can agree with that i think When you take Houston, Memphis, Tulane, maybe Temple, like outside of those guys, like the AAC should be winnable for this team. Um, Which means that I think they should be like the sixth. As far as talent goes, yeah, that puts them in the upper half. The thing that's surprising to me is that the defense just has – like Rob Lanier's Georgia State teams weren't excellent on defense but they were reliably good they were always near the top of the conference they knew how to defend the inside of the the three-point arc and they just haven't that hasn't just translated at all like last year in joe golding's first year at utep you were like okay he didn't have the defenders but you could see kind of them playing better defense than they had previously i don't see any of these dudes playing any type of defense right um at Georgia State, he forced turnovers. Like I said, he, made, he defended the inside of the three-point line very well, uh, forced basically everybody to play completely outside uh, perimeter basketball. And that was, his kind of, that was their calling card at, at Georgia State. And now this year, Georgia State's fallen off quite a bit. They're down to like 248 in Ken Palm or something like that, like almost a 100-point drop.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it – I don't know. Yeah, it hasn't translated at all. You have – I mean, Zurich Phelps – god they better pray he can he he wants to stay home because (laughs) because he's 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 really good and they're kind of wasting a really really good breakout season from him and i guarantee that there's gonna be some programs knocking on that door saying hey you want to keep missing the tournament right you saw you can we can have the kendrick davis discussion all over again right hey you saw how good he was for them and he didn't he never got to play the tournament you want to do that too or you want to come play at tcu or wherever um yeah. I mean, this team is, this team is talented and I'm um, the reason why I probably would have ACU above them is just cause like you said, it, there is some credence to first year head coaches. Um, but the scary thing is there's no, like, I'm not seeing that Rob Manier imprint yet,
1: which is concerning. Let's talk about Bill and Christian. Let's talk about him. All right. Um, Let's do it. In two years, the defense has gone from 26th in the country to 217th
0: it's it's looking scary
1: <laughs> it's offense, looking scary you know the offense is, is 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 all right the offense is doing all right yeah. 146th in sure. the country they're scoring the ball sure. at a decent clip uh they've actually won three straight games so we got to give them a little bit of credit there five and six mm-hmm. now um including beating seattle because seattle just can't beat anybody in texas um, right was this, yes, that was that game um uh, they have sam Houston state next uh, mm-hmm. I guess they don't have New Mexico State next somehow, whatever, you know, whatever happened there. Uh, Sam Houston State, then Grand Canyon, then SFA, then Utah Valley. That's their next four games. And then Sam Houston again. They didn't even get to play New Mexico State. So that that is a funny, that is a hilarious outline. <laughs> yeah. They have them twice. They should have them twice. They're not going to play them. Right. So the rest of their schedule is Sam, Grand Canyon, SFA, Utah Valley, Sam. That's the last five games. They're five and six yeah. at the moment. My biggest thing is you look at their wins this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Before this past two weeks, like before the month of February, they didn't have a win over a team in the top 190 in Ken palm. Like Tarleton was their biggest win of the year. Now, yeah. if you consider Seattle a good team, which I think they're kind of fraudulent, but hey, they beat Seattle. They beat Cal Baptist. They beat Utah Tech. They beat mm-hmm. the East Coast or West Coast teams that can't play with the, the Texas teams. And now they come back. And they got Sam and SFA and, and Grand Canyon teams like that. I think the last five games this will determine how much of a bust this season has been because they could very well lose all five of those games and go five and eleven.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think so too.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: it's yeah, it's it's looking really tough. Um, the whack has been pretty good, right? Despite what you think about Seattle, they're still up near the top, and so it's kind of been.
1: This team it's, lost it's, to RGV, I mean, by the way. This team lost to RGV yeah, by t- yeah. almost 20. They gave 100 to RGV. 100 to RGV.
2: Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> yeah. that, that, that doesn't happen, okay? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Um, no, I agree. Like, I, they, They've been
0: very disappointing. And in, in his second year, they're about to almost drop another 100 points on defensive numbers, right? You mentioned the 100-point drop from Golding's last year to his first year. Okay, fair enough. You know, you lose a lot of key players. Um, uh, and it's your first year head coach, things like that. They're about to drop another hundred points in Ken Bomb yep. ranking wise, as far as that's concerned. And yeah, granted, you know, they've won four of the last five. So it's like, is this is this a turning point? I don't know, right? Because in the middle of January, you were looking at one and five in conference. Um, and now you're five and six. So okay, things are turning around a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Like, two games you're favored in, or two games you, you like you mentioned, or could have been winnable are now off the schedule in New Mexico State. You're playing Sam Houston State, who's been not as good as we thought, but still one of the better teams in the conference. You still got SFA, you still got Utah Valley, and you still got another game against Sam Houston State. I don't know. If, you, if they can work their way to around maybe just above 500, okay, cool. Then maybe you just throw the numbers out and – figure out whatever the hell happened in the offseason. maybe, re, you know, reconstruct the roster and go from there. But yeah, I don't know. This is, it's not looking good as far as like the lo- the long-term trajectory under Brett Tanner so far. So I don't know yeah. the, the move, the hire made sense, right? You want to keep that Joe Golding train going um, as long as you could, because he was there for so long. So obviously you'd want somebody who kind of knew what he was about. Um but yeah, it they just they just haven't been nearly as good as as they need to be, um, anywhere close, really.
1: We've seen a few cautionary tales about just trying to keep this thing going and just tiring from within. It's a, it's a yeah, it's, it's not. I'm mean, no no hire is ever you know foolproof, but it sure, is a, right. It, the, the the thought process of like, hey, let's just keep it going. Let's just hire the assistant. Sometimes there's a reason to be right. assistant. That's true. That's to say. Um, we'll see. All right, there, there's the rankings. We won't talk much more about those four teams moving forward, so that's why I wanted to give them one more shout-out before we move forward. Um, on the women's side, there wasn't a ton. Um, it's hard because there's just so much inconsistencies on the women's side. Uh, but Texas know, did right? beat Texas Tech, 80-71. to 71. They're still a game up in the Big 12. I don't have anything new to present to you here, but I think it's noteworthy that they did get redemption. They're a game up. They play uh, – I don't know who they play on Sunday – but um,
0: uh, they play Iowa State, number, one, number eight Iowa State. All
1: right, so they play Iowa.
0: Oh, they, they play, play them on Monday.
1: Monday. Play yeah. them on Monday.
0: Monday. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes.
1: Yeah. Apparently, they play TCU today, which actually leads right into my next point. of TCU is zero and twelve, at one point, do we just start? <laughs> do we, we start looking at TCU? Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what? What is this? We had them at three yeah. and fifteen and four and fourteen in our preseason prediction. They're not going to win a game. Ish, yeah, go no, yeah, they didn't win a game. Um, and we haven't talked about them. We were like, we we're like, hey, whatever. You let the little, you let the kid play. You know, whatever. Right. You don't worry about it. And then you look over, and the whole house is on fire. <laughs> the house is on fire right now.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you let the kids play, and they set a match in the living room. All exactly. of a sudden, things are <laughs> just, just on fire. fire. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I. I don't think they're gonna. They're not gonna let go of Reagan Peabody. I really don't think, um, unless it's like a mutual parting of the ways type thing, because um, she has built that program up into where even having expectations at all. Um, so I just don't see them letting her go. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't put mutual parting of the ways off the table though. Right? One of the one of those kind of moves. Um, just because this isn't exactly like a young team, like this is. They have quite a bit of experience on this and not not experience playing together but like they've acquired senior talent right things like that um but they are just they they just stink (laughs) they just dcu stinks man they're yeah it's it's kind of unfortunate because i like reagan peeley um but she's hasn't been able to turn this around at all right offense on both sides of the ball they just they're not good they're ranking near the bottom in offense They're ranking at the bottom in defense. Um, There's not, like, a single metric I can look to to be like, oh, here's something to build off of. They're just not good. And then, like I said, like, seven of these players are going to be gone next year. And so it's like, okay, do you just got to remake everything again? And it might just have to be where they're just, yeah, okay, cool. They brought in a lot of grad transfers, and they're just, I don't
1: know. (laughs) Someone is, yeah. It It might be some parting of ways type of. Type of time right now. We'll see. Yeah, I got to look
0: at her contract situation because it's 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 not a. I don't know. Yeah, I think they mentioned. Let me see. Uh, last March, they had a let's see, three years remaining on her contract, so she'd be going. I think she'd be going into her last year, next year, or regardless, it's either next year or the year after. That's her last year. So either they hold on to her for one more year and then just. Part, part ways after that, give her one more year to fix things, and then part ways. Or they do something this off if next year's or last year, because as we know, nobody plays the last year so, or nobody coaches with one year left on our contract. So um, yeah, it's
1: I it's, it's coming to, it's coming time. I just wanted to acknowledge the burning house over there. Just wanted to say hey. <laughs> I was about to, we just kind of we just kind of been looking over our shoulder, being like, huh, all right, it's, well, it's, okay. it's, it's, all right that fire's right, not slowing down. We're like the kids on the swing set. With the house yeah,
0: yeah, it's just...
1: <laughs> We're just like, yeah, that's,
0: that's, that looks wild. <laughs> All right, cool.
1: What are they doing over there? <laughs> that, right, that right, right. All right. Um, to the Southland, um, yep. we had a – I don't want to say disappointing because both these teams are from Texas, but uh Corp- Corpus Christi has now lost two in a row, lost to Southeastern, mm-hmm. which basically put Southeastern in the top spot, um, and then lost to Houston Christian um on thursday um by three which is another disappointing result so southeastern now has the tiebreaker because they have beaten and corpus christi twice both teams are at nine and three uh a commerce is still over there like hey remember me they're eight and three mm-hmm. um and they just beat northwestern state by 20 uh after losing to mcneese so we'll they see. got two
0: games okay, they got two cracks at uh yeah. at corpus christi at yeah. the end of the year, so this could be, this could yeah. be a close. This could be a really really fun race to the end, especially when you just consider the Texas teams. I don't know if Commerce gets Southeastern. Let me see. Do they get Southeastern coming up? They got uh-huh. one. Okay, they got one game at home against Southeastern um, on next weekend. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, yeah. yeah, this uh, this is this is gonna be an entertaining race, man. Um, you know, HCU's kind of falling out. Lamar's kind of falling out. Lamar was there for a little bit. Um, but they're probably on the back burner now, even though they're both I think both teams are on the winning streaks, but they're kind of just they started off a little bit too behind the behind the um uh, behind the lead there. Yeah, behind the A. There you go. That's the phrase I was like, oh, Yeah, a- yeah, ball. You got yeah, that's it. That's why you're the host here. Um so the, you know, they start off behind the A ball, so they're kind of playing catch up and they need some teams to fall, so it does look like a three team race right now. But commerce still still doing their thing, man. I'm I can't get over how good this team has been right away um, coming up from D2.
1: Yeah, that's been the story pretty much. So um, we'll continue to monitor monitor that. Like we said, um, two games um, between Commerce and Corpus Christi that will play a big role in that. And then I want to give a shout-out to Texas State women for uh, beating up on Southern Miss on the road. Um, That was a big game. I remember we talked about it. We were like, all right, the winner is going to go up to, you know, nine and four loses going to drop to eight and five and Mm -hmm. the top of the sun belt is so saturated towards troy at 10 and three then three teams at nine and four and three teams at eight and five and george southern at seven and six so it's like they needed to win the game they won the game on the road um they currently are playing marshall who has won six in a row and marshall was up in the first quarter so we'll see how that plays out but still big win from or against southern mister which keeps them in the hunt at least and we'll see if they can beat so um marshall
0: yeah they got they got a big game against marshall then ride then ride back against uh home against james madison in second right now so big two game stretch where they could either punch themselves back into the the lead and kind of separate themselves with with troy in first and second or they could fall back right to the pack and and get kind of in the more of a three to five ish range um, depending on how this weekend turns out
1: and then after that after the James Madison game they have South Alabama who's at the bottom Louisiana mm-hmm. who is actually eight and five who's a good team on the road um, and then Arkansas State who's near the bottom so you get through this yeah. one you're looking at um, you're, if you beat Marshall you're looking at four games left two of them winnable two of them against uh, tougher teams but still sets you up pretty well I mean. To go with what is that uh 18 game schedule i mean mm-hmm. there's a chance they can go 12 and 6 you know yeah i mean good.
0: this is they've been i think i mentioned this before they've been really impressively balanced when it came to, when it comes to scoring uh danasia hood's not been the guy the, the player that they've really counted on uh that she's still leading score but she's only averaging 14. uhkayla Bowie's just averaging under 10 tiana Eden's just averaging under 10 Lauren Thompson just under seven. So it's like, it's been a lot more of a uh, well-rounded effort than it used to be when it was just, Hey, Kennedy Taylor gets all the assists and then Tinasia Hood gets all the points. Um, and so, yeah, they're really making a really a big, big push with this, uh, this team that we, we hoped because they brought everybody back. So we were hoping that they would kind of be, uh, cause last year was pretty disappointing. We would hope they would kind of take that next step forward to being a contender. And they have.
1: Yep. Um, real quick let's do a live mm-hmm. uh check-in okay. texas okay texas is up 20 on west virginia at home so uh, the men the men are okay so okay. good for them um that's the only one that's the only game going on right now so there you go live right. update there's our reaction there, to we texas go. Being up <laughs> there we go um
0: all
1: right that's it that's all we got for y'all 56 minute podcast um get it in uh Get y'all set for the weekend. Uh, let y'all listen to it on you know, Super Bowl or on Monday or whatever y'all do. So, yeah, uh, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Leave us a like, comment, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the listenership. Send it to a friend, and we will talk to y'all later.